Mr. Gabay. That's correct. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing great. Very good. How do you pronounce your last name? Reuter? Reuter. 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 Exactly. Perfect. Reuter. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's hard. The R's are always hard in different languages. It is hard. And, you know, like at the end of, like, if you have ER at the end of a German word, it's pronounced A. So it's Reuter. Ah, yeah. Reuter. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, languages. Do you do you do you enjoy languages? Do you like languages? I, I love it. I totally yeah, yeah. I when I was in high school I studied Arabic for a while. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I speak only two languages. Mm-hmm. Um but I really want to go back studying Arabic at some point. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you think it has something to do with your uh, love for music as well? Is there like crossover between language and music for you somehow? Some I mean, it's, um, it's, it's something that has to do with sounds in your ears. So obviously, but it's, um, I, I just like to see how it makes people think differently when you like think in a, in, in a language kind of. Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. It, it, it kind of correlates to maybe how you how you see music when you improvise like where you're coming from kind of like your background kind of it's kind of there's some similarities there yeah for sure you know like i'm i just had this idea that maybe it's in music if you start say you start composing something but you have a have a concept before you start it's a little bit like pre-selecting the language in which you're writing and i'm here i'm not talking about the language that will actually be the sound but sort of like the concepts that make the language right mm-hmm. and and yes that's uh that's interesting you know i i've loved english um almost all my life because it was something that obviously listening to music which was mostly in english in the yeah. 70s in germany like there was i you know there is like there is German music, but it's, it's not so good. wasn't so good in the 70s. But, um, um, and, and then I, I kind of just fell in love with the simplicity of it and the, the immediateness of it and how, um, uh, how well one can, can, can very quickly put things in English. You know? they, they also have a, they have a lot of words. There's yes. a lot of words, which means yeah. that you can, there's many ways to say everything. Which yes. is pretty interesting because you can describe things in many, many ways. In Hebrew, there's not as many, so it's it's easier in a way. Yeah, because there's like just this less ways to say stuff. So, so how does Hebrew work? Can you explain that in a few words? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, how does how does Hebrew work then? I mean, like, what what is this uh, the sentence structure like? And like, I heard from from some people that you you guys kind of drop a lot of things. Like, there there are some sort of like uh, uh, gaps that kind of like you fill in as you as you listen or something. Is that true? There there's a few things. There are a few things like that. But I mean, I, I guess every every language has uh, mm-hmm. similar things. The the, the most for me, at least, the most confusing thing about the difference between at least English and Hebrew mm-hmm. is that in Hebrew, adjectives come after the verbs. Yeah. And in English, they come before. Uh-huh. So in English, you would say, um, 
This is a great, lovely house. In Hebrew, we say this is a house, great, lovely. Kind of. Okay, yeah, yeah. It sounds, it sounds disgusting in English, but, <laughs> but it's, uh, so it's just, uh, it's, it, it always it was interesting for me to, if you're describing something with many words, you're going to hear someone say a bunch of descriptions and you have to wait till the end to know what, you're, what he's talking about. Yeah. Which, is, which is always weird for me in my head. So and that, that's, that's very much the case in German, actually. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you really... Yeah, because the verb is at the, at the end uh, of the sentence, right? And so that's, yes. why, that's why, for me, it's more like one explanation why I think my English is pretty good because my brain is used to calculate language very very quickly mm -hmm. because in german you kind of like you need to know what you want to say before you open your mouth and and with with english it's easier because you can get get by just starting a sentence uh, you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i know so here's the it's just very it's like rewires your brain in a certain way yeah yeah Hey, so I, I really um, don't know much about you. I, I only have watched uh, quite a few of your videos that you did, um, mostly the Meshuggah uh, analyses. And, mm -hmm. um, and those were um, great because you have a wonderful way of uh, sort of in a playful way to explain uh, things. And um, so like, we, we can talk about that, but like what, what is kind of like... Um, you know it, you know in this these times uh what is more interested interesting is what has happened to you as a musician with covid and is your youtube channel actually a result of covid or has have you uh been doing the channel before covid started um so i before covid started i i, I just released a few just drum stuff that i did some transcriptions some shows nothing consistent or mm -hmm. I didn't really didn't really focus on it mm -hmm. um, before COVID I actually moved back to New York and um, I was me and my girlfriend who is actually Swiss by the way <laughs> and we were looking for uh, we were looking for an apartment and it took us forever to find an apartment and we signed and got into an apartment uh on march 1st 2020 okay mm -hmm. so it was like six months of of, of looking and all that blah, 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 blah. we just entered the apartment on march 1st 2020 and you know two weeks later everything got sh shut down and lockdowns and everything and all that um and then once i realized that we're gonna we're going to be staying in this lockdown for a while. Uh, I had this, I had the idea for this channel for a while, but I never had in my head. I always was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it at some point. And the way I'll do it is I'll film, I'll film maybe like, I don't know, one, two, three, four episodes, send it to some friends, get some feedback, blah, 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 and all that. And then start doing it regularly. And because I knew it's going to take me a long time, I never started it. And then lockdowns, and then another lockdown, and another lockdown, and another lockdown. So it's, it was just sounding like maybe, maybe I'll just start doing it now. So I started, I think, I think May, maybe May 2020. I started doing them, and I had literally nothing else to do. It was just 
just sitting in New York doing nothing. So I just did that. And I, I did an episode every week for about a year. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I had the idea before, but it, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely due to the pandemic that I actually had the time to do it. And so uh, the basically just the video, video editing skills and um, everything you basically learned it as you went along, or did you have any? Um, I, I, I did some I did some editing before. Mm -hmm. um, I did I, I recorded an album when I was like nineteen or something like that, mm -hmm. and I filmed a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, a friend of mine who had access to like uh, some studio with uh, editing software. He taught me the basics mm -hmm. when I was some, when I was 19 or 20, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I started messing around with stuff probably since then. But since I started the channel, I, my skills got really, I got really better. Not amazing yet, but it got really, really much better. Yeah, you're doing quite involved things there with these animations and... I think it's ah, so the 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 harder animations are are my girlfriend. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not even close to being that good. No, no, no. <laughs> all the cutting and all the typos. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a little bit of a team behind behind this then. Like yeah, yeah. She 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 helps me a lot with uh with she, all the animation stuff that she does. She's really good at those stuff. And uh, the thumbnails she does, she's really good with, with uh, that's her job, actually. So, yeah. So may I ask you how old you are? I'm 32. 32, okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like the, let's just say like this, this, this voyage, <laughs> uh, this journey to start a YouTube channel, which is something that a lot of people like do and try to do and some people kind of like even plan it ahead and kind of as you say like some you know you have this 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 idea or this ideal uh, uh, image of how you know doing something like that could be but then as you said what happens is like you get into a situation and the the pandemic did that for quite a few of us to actually do something right and then you really start and and um did you have any sort of like expectations uh, when you started? Like uh, any dreams, like let's just call it, call it dreams. And like, how did things turn out uh, eventually like for real? What was the reality like versus the dream? Is there anything you can report about that? Um, I think I came into the, because I had a really, really specific um, idea of what to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember how the idea came about with all the drawings and stuff. I just, I actually do stuff like that. All, that's how I understand stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it came from. But I think I came in with really, really realistic expectations because, I mean, let's face it, I'm doing something super niche. It's very, very small. The audience for this, I mean, it can't really blow up because it's the audience for this, the audience for this thing is very, very, very small. Um, so I did, I, I never really thought that like, I'm going to be the, like the YouTuber, that's the path and I'm going to just, you know, make that my job. I can't even make, I, I can't really, I can't really make money out of it anyway. Um, so 
it was kind of uh, where I am right now. I'm actually very happy with where, with where I am right now because the, the comments that I'm getting are, are very good. A lot of them are just people that say that they didn't understand stuff before and now they do. <laughs> so it's like, that's everything I kind of need and that's it. And a lot of people are really happy that I'm just showing them some new, some music that I didn't uh, hear about before, which is probably one of my, my bigger goals is because polarisms is such a like big word that is associated with stuff being hard and difficult. And hard and difficult is usually associated with like, you know, like extreme styles of music. So like, you know, the super fancy jazz stuff or like super like metal stuff, blah, 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 blah. I wanted to kind of, because I, I super love polarisms. I love it. I love dealing with numbers. I like all that stuff. Like really, I really like it. And I want to show people that it's not as intimidating as it sounds. So that was kind of, that's kind of why one of the reasons I started and, and people seem to really appreciate it. People seem to really understand what I'm trying to, to do. So I don't, I don't really think I have an expectation for the, for this. I just want to kind of, I just wanted to like share this thing and I'm, I'm actually really happy with how it's doing. So what was your, what was your life like? before the pandemic in terms of being a musician? So I, um, I spent a few years in Boston. I went to Berkeley mm -hmm. and um, I came back to, to Israel right after. And I was, uh, I was actually teaching polyrhythms in the school that I went to here in Israel for a couple of years. And I um, obviously had, a, a, I mean, a, playing with like a million bands here. It's a, it's a very small scene here. It's small, but it's, it's incredible. I don't know if you, if you uh, how aware you are with uh, Israeli musicians, but the scene here, whatever scene it is, they're all super small, but they're all, the best musicians that I know are here, which is, it's, it's simply incredible. You just go to almost any show that you go to and the players are just incredible. It's, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yes. Um, so as I was teaching here and just playing a bunch here for, for two years, um, going back and forth for, with, uh, back to Boston, because I play with, um, I play with an Indian, Indian, uh, like ensemble group. And we've been playing constantly since I went to Berkeley. So just a few like back and forth like that. Um, and then I decided to move, try and move back to New York, which didn't work out at all because of the pandemic um yeah. but yeah it's the pandemic yeah it changed a lot of things yeah yeah so, so the, the, the the gigging the gigging part of your life that that was that like almost every other day or like every other week or like how many opportunities were there to play in israel during the pandemic, pandemic you mean or before, uh, before before yeah so it, it very much depends on, because, because it's a small, it's a very small place. It's a super yeah. small place. Yeah. Um, and because it's just scenes are very small. Yeah. At least my, my experience was divided mainly into two routes. One of them is 
like the artistic like bands and music that you kind of like work at which is kind of like your stuff and one is the just like you know the hired drummer side so I played a I have a lot of just like projects that I play and you know they won't play every day they won't play every month even you'll record an album once every two years and you work for like you know hours just you know, figuring out parts rehearsing all that stuff and then um, I just do a lot of shows with just with like you know singers pop singers um, whatever is just goes around because there are just there are a lot of of, of there's a lot of music here that's yes. happening yeah. and because it's a small scene and I've been lucky enough that a lot of my friends are players in very like good key places so they just pull me into those like you know oh, I need a sub for this gig sub for this gig blah, blah, blah. so I just play in a million different um, different scenarios which is great because great yeah, way to awesome yeah you like meet a bunch of people you play a bunch of very different styles mm-hmm. so like one day I'll play a super you know prog metal show all the time signatures on the planet on top of each other blah blah blah, blah, blah all that fancy stuff the day after you go and you play this pop gig where you kick high snare the whole gig it's very very good for your uh, kind of like for your for your discipline as a musician yeah no yeah so that, that, that's been great I love it very much so you know I've been I've been playing with uh, Pat Mastolotto for 15 years and he he mm-hmm. comes really from this uh, old school like bar bands thing that he's been doing since he was 14 or something and and it's like you know like from compared to all other drummers i played with you know this 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 background of like this total skill set coming from that very bottom let's say like right, in a way is is really amazing like that groove, the pocket, like that that whole feeling, the whole attitude, which you can even see not just in the playing, but also in the way that he sets up his drums and like the, the care about uh, his tools and everything. And mm-hmm. then like like with drummers, for me, it's, it's fascinating at being a musician myself to watch them while I'm on stage with them. So with, with Morgan Ogren, for example, just a couple of years ago, just so, you know, I was smiling all night, just having him next to me, like hearing, hearing the variation, the variation on the, on the, on the hi-hat, you know, like, like and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I agree that it's an incredible privilege if you have the opportunity to play a lot of shows. And I have to say, like, I, you know, I've been a good player maybe for the last 20 years or even more. A little more but um when it really started to to become something that was solid let's say was when i was doing it in front of people and we're doing it in front of people a lot and and so like one of these um really fascinating uh experiences is to play something complicated like polyrhythms mm-hmm. or whatever like in front of people and realizing as you were saying you know it's maybe not as difficult as you think and like i have always had this thing about um, for me, a polyrhythm, for example, is something where I, I kind of like, I hardly ever hear something as a big unit. I see, hear the two rhythms go at the same time, even if they like they slide, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it, I, I just hear them like two different instruments, right? And um, 
So what used what then happened to me when I was on, on, on stage a lot with these parts was that suddenly I realized, okay, so now I'm hearing these two parts at the same time, but then I had another voice in my head that was kind of like singing the melody of the next tune we were going to play <laughs> and stuff like that. So where, where suddenly you realize your brain really is, well, let's call it brain. We don't, you know, I guess it's the brain is suddenly is capable of, of really, of really being poly, you know, like not, yeah. not, not just polymetric or polyrhythmic, but also poly in terms of, of even of the, the uh, projection of into something into the future, remembering what you ate before during the day. And, you know, obviously that doesn't happen when you're playing your first show with something like, happens yeah, after, yeah, like 50, 50, 60 shows playing the same tunes. Right. But uh, I found that so fascinating and, and it's kind of like a, it's a real uh, drag that a lot of young musicians uh, and even older musicians don't have that opportunity to play that much. And especially like, like more, uh, more successful bands, right? Like if you imagine, I don't know how many gigs uh, Miss Sugar does, right? They don't do that many gigs if you, if you calculate the average, you know, like it's not that much. Probably not that many. Yeah. yeah. So, no. so, <laughs> so that's why people, people like us, we're sometimes in a better position where we can, uh, where we can play a lot, you know? And it's, 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 it's playing a lot and it's playing in different scenarios Yes. where, I mean, I don't know how is it, um, I can imagine probably, but I don't know how is it in the, in the like guitar department, but mm-hmm. being, playing drums and drums being such a foundation, foundation, foundational yeah. thing, mm-hmm. kind of, is, is you have a very, very, like my role is so basic in a in a in a band it's such it's such a why why am i why this this answer is getting harder than i expected um <laughs> it's a, it's like such a uh, the the my role as a drummer is so much it's 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 the foundation of everything and because it's the foundation it's so different in different genres so if now i'm playing like i don't know a straight ahead gig just some jazz, which I won't play probably. <laughs> but um, if I'm playing that, and if I'm playing, I don't know, Indian music, or if I'm playing like a, a metal show, my role is the same role, but the tools that I have to use in order to, um, to execute that role are totally different. And in all genres, people really depend on you to do your job, yeah. which is which is weird. So it's, it took me, it's, I'm still figuring out that I'm, and like, I still have to realize that the two, I grew up as a metalhead. I was listening to metal my whole life since I, I mean, forever. And I, I think only when I started, when I was like 20 or something, I started opening up to other stuff. So that's my, my, my tools come from there. But I slowly have to realize that those tools are not, um, appropriate for for all scenarios it's it's very very different so it's uh so playing with different people has just made that made that very evident let's say and you know as, as a drummer you're sort of um also kind of responsible for the integrity of the style or as you say the genre or the style of a band right 
like mm -hmm. because that that's where like you if you can start playing your latin groove in a in a metal show right like <laughs> good luck yeah. you know it can, but, but you know it can be and you can you can be in the exact same grid as everybody else playing a latin groove and it would maybe interesting but it just doesn't fit the style so basically you have the responsibility and also a little bit more get a little bit more responsibility than somebody like like I have right like you know like it's different for me because I've never really uh um never really subscribed myself to to the idea to do somebody else's music right so that's why uh yeah if people ask me yeah but you can't play bossa nova yeah I can't but I I could you know I I could it's not but it's just something I'm not choosing to do because I've decided mm -hmm. to go my my way right and 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 back then, not even having had the opportunity to play much with others, um, then it wasn't wasn't a question at all to even learn stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, if if you know what I mean, like to execute something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. You know but, yeah, yeah, and and you know that's I, and this is kind of like what I love about music education is that things can come from sort of like a very practical, like purely um, purely practical perspective um, or something can come from a more cerebral perspective and and somehow like what what, what you're presenting I like what I like about it is that it has a little it has a little bit of both at all times right so that is mm -hmm. that that is really fantastic um, so you said that you that you were teaching polyrhythm at uh, at, at a school in Israel is so is that is that a subject nowadays like actually there's a class called polyrhythm or did you did, did you start that there or did they actually no, look so for a teacher a, for that? It's, um, it's, I mean, it's a, mu it's a music college. That's what, yeah. 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 It's a music college. So, um, they have like a, this like, you know, drummer's path thing that they can, there's a bunch of drum courses mm -hmm. and, uh, polyrhythms was one of those courses. And I actually took that list, that class when I was, when I studied there. I see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when I came back, that teacher just, for some reason, I forget why. Wanted um, he couldn't do it that year, so he mm -hmm. just gave me that course. Mm -hmm. And happily enough, I just asked him, like, okay, so you're you gonna send me all the materials so I know what to teach. And he was like, uh, no, I'm not gonna send you anything. Actually, <laughs> you're just gonna do whatever you want. And it's mm -hmm. like, um, okay, that's gonna be hard. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to just like come up with a with a whole course, which was great. It was, it was uh, awesome because I just love, I really like teaching this, uh, this subject. And I think because I, as opposed to what you said, that you go, like you have your own uh, like music that you write, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm exactly the opposite. So I, am, I love the fact that I'm a sideman. I love being a sideman. Mm -hmm. I, I've written one piece in my life. Because it was homework when I was at school, <laughs> I hated every second of it of writing. <laughs> Everything about it actually came out. It came out pretty nice. We recorded it in some album that we did, but mm -hmm. like no, I'm not. I'm just not that kind of, of. I feel more like a like someone who just like gives a service, kind of like you need a drummer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be the like I'm gonna be the guy. So I'm, I'm trying to be like the best sideman that I can. Mm -hmm which led me to just play with a really weird array of, of, of people and take a lot from, from different things. So 
it all kind of comes down. When I teach the, the, that power rhythm course, I, I feel, I'm not sure, I, I've never been my student, but I think, uh, I think uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very eclectic. It comes from like a bunch of, it's not from like just one, I study jazz, I play jazz, or I studied metal, I play metal, blah, blah, blah. It's not, it doesn't come from one place. It's very, very like all around when it comes to genres at least. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, um, for me, my, the first polyrhythm I, I learned, even, even before I did like two against three or something, funnily enough, was, was the five, five against seven that, uh, Robert really? Fripp, that Robert Fripp was teaching. Yeah, that was in 91. So I had my uh, first lesson with him in 91, and he had mm -hmm. us do like a, a verses. Right? So, and... Mm -hmm. And it took me, I remember that it took me like maybe, I can't remember, a year or two or even three uh, riding to university on my bicycle and I was doing a, like a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, when I'm driving, when I'm, yeah, that's, that's, that's my practice time, of course. <laughs> and, and, and so, but nowadays, uh, this, this concept of, of polyrhythm is so much more present um, in... In popular music, uh, let's just even call it popular music, even if it's not big, right, in numbers mm -hmm. or whatever. But um, and I think it's fascinating because like young, young, the young generation, and I mean like people that are like half your age, right? So they they sort of like grow up with with stuff. They they hear this stuff all the time, and they have a completely different starting point for that. So when you are teaching at that college. Um, would you say it's true what I just said? Like, do people kind of like come with some sort of idea what it is already? Or is it, is it something that is kind of like new that you have to explain from the ground up? I think it's, it's, it's new in the way that they maybe haven't, uh, like, they didn't really go deep with it yet. But I think you're right when you say that it's way, way, way more present. Um, like just around you, I feel like in a way... Because Western music has like three main elements that have rhythm, harmony, and melody. And I feel like harmony has been pushed almost to its limit, I think, with classical music and jazz. And as a result of that, melody has been obviously also uh, been pushed very, very, very like far. And I feel that nowadays, people that grow up nowadays listening to I mean, we live in a world where Jacob Collier is alive <laughs> and, you know, harmony is just very, it is so advanced. And I, th I feel like now the things that are going to, like we, 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 we went the as far as we can, or maybe not as far as we can, but really far with melody and harmony. And I feel like the next, like the next two things that are now going to be the focus are one rhythm and two textures which are starting to catch, which is exactly actually what you do, yeah. which is, wasn't as big, I don't know what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It wasn't as, as much of a, of, a, um, uh, of a focus, kind of. People just, you know, things sounded pretty much similar, I think, at least in my experience. And then in the past few years, Rhythm became like 
you know, the, 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 the next thing to be developed and texture from, you know, just from the other side started being all the focus in the world, which is amazing. You know what? It, it, it's amazing to hear you say this because I, uh, I do agree to an extent. Um, for me, there was a time in my musical um, where I was observing other music, let's say, where rhythm was clearly the most developed. Like, I tell you this from my perspective, being like almost 20 years older than you, right? Like mm -hmm. there, there's, there's been this, this time where everybody was just focusing on rhythm and the harmony was so bland, so incredibly bland. And still, uh, still a lot of the, the uh, more rhythmically complex, and I'm talking about electronic music here, actually, um, mm -hmm. rhythmically complex electronic music, the, the harmonic content was just blah. Right. And, and so like my focus, you know, in, in addition, well, uh, my focus always was on to push the harmony and to push the harmony, like actually away from what, for example, Jacob Collier stands for, which is sort of like a blown up version of what was there already. This is kind mm -hmm. of like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean, this like, I think he does that. It's, it's great how he does that, but that was never my interest. My interest was sort of like deconstruct, what was there and to build a completely new approach and obviously like most importantly to get away from this idea that uh, harmony has to be repetitive of some sort so i've kind of like created this this flowing always changing always forward there's always this uh like a, a chord progression is not something that's four bars long it's it's something that's 500 bars long right so that's sort of like my kind of thing <laughs> and uh and I, I hear you and I agree that uh, in, in rhythm, that is something that, that uh, I hope uh, will also happen, that like the, cycle, the, the cycles get longer, right? That, that we kind of like finally uh, drummers get away and we, we have it in sort of like freer jazz, right? Where people do not kind of like adhere to the idea of cycles at all anymore right where it's more about the free expression and and but i like to i'd like to see something in between like where that's exactly what i was about to say exactly yeah. there's like you know there's the people that try to push rhythm to somewhere and then there's the people that just think like okay maybe we'll just neglect the whole idea as a whole mm -hmm. and you know all, all the free stuff which yeah. i'm i really try to appreciate and I still can't, but I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. <laughs> um, but there is, there is that middle where it's like, there's also just many other things we can do, mm -hmm. which is actually, um, you mentioned uh, in the email, you mentioned um, Stefan. Yeah. And I, I just recorded um, an album with him a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first times that I recorded something in that, kind of a style where he takes, you know, let's say he takes really long cycles and he like just lets them do their thing kind yeah. of. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, you know, it's not a section in a song where some, like some polyrhythmic event is happening and then it goes, it's like, that is what's going on in the song. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, there's the polyrhythm that drives everything and there's a bunch of just textural elements that, just shape a piece from beginning to end, which is just, I was just like really, really mind blown. I loved it. I loved doing it. So I think there is, I think rhythm is, is getting a bit more attention 
Um, oh, def definitely. And, and I think I, that drummers, drummers are also catching up uh, on the idea, I think, the, which is like the first thing that needs to happen, I think, really. Right? This, 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 you know what I mean? Like, uh, some people would be technically capable, right? But, but mm. it's, ju it's just not in, in their blood to actually uh, to sort of think across the bar line, so to speak. Right? Or to, to think across the bigger, like even a big chunk of music. As you say, like there's there's a lot of like still this thinking of A section, B section, blah, blah, blah. Like, and my interest always was like, how can we blur? How can we blur this? How can it still feel like we're going from A to B, let's say, but but the elements are sort of like still flowing, you know? That's, that's I, I, I always think about these kind of things because... Mm -hmm. I always like. I always seem to realize that when, when nowadays when people make music, when I make music, when whatever, you have so many set. I don't. I don't, I don't want to say rules because it's not rules. It's just things that are just there, and people just take as facts. As you said before, uh, uh, harmony is, uh, like sequence is four chords. Like that is just a thing that everyone follows. Like, you know, the backbeat has to be here. The time signature is probably 4-4. Four, four. The subdivision is probably 16th notes. Like there's, if some, just like some person on the street tells me I wrote a song, I can probably assume 60% of it. And it's, I'm, I'm probably gonna be right. Because there's just a bunch of things that are just predetermined in our head in the way, in the music that we hear and Breaking out of those is super hard. It's very, very, very hard. So, and, and, and listening to music now, after, like you hear a song on the radio and you just know like, okay, the, the chorus is gonna hit now. Okay, the climax is gonna be right now. There's gonna be a drop right now. It's just, everything is just, okay. I mean, it's just, it's, and all those, the, Th those rules when they are broken it's it's i i just love the finding music like that so and 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 listening to stefan's stuff was really just the amount of 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 time that he takes and uh, actually both stefan and uh, nick which i know that you know as well um i i went to to one of his shows and it, it's it's just that way of, of thinking of stuff where the, the lines, it's, it's not A section, B section, solo on A, you solo on B, we trade fours, we go. It's, it's not that anymore, which is just like, it's a piece, it's whatever, 13 minutes long, but it's one piece that has a beginning and end. It's just like a whole, you're just there, you don't even notice where you are in the, in the track, which I love. I, I, I kind of hate, this is going to sound very weird. I hate knowing where I am in the song. Like, I know, I, I know I am, I'm in the fifth bar of the chorus, sixth bar of the chorus. There's probably two more, seven, eight. Now we're going to probably go. Is, I, I hate knowing where I am because it's predictable. I like when people just like play something and they're so captivating and I have no idea where I am because I'm just following you, where you wherever you go, which is... I, I love finding those words. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's it's sort of like um, 
I did a, a 35 minute piece a few years ago, which is called face, which has like face as in fuss, the French word for side. And the idea mm -hmm. was that it, it's a piece where depending on basically if you listen here or you listen here, the angle changes actually where you're hearing the, the downbeat and where you're hearing ah, nice. and stuff like that. And so it's, it's basically a 35 minute piece, which is all at the same, same tempo, but the, the subdivisions change. So it's all the same tempo, but it's not because then mm -hmm. it can feel like a tempo change. And, and, and then there are like at least, at least two drum kits playing and, and, and at least two of everything. And so like you have these two perspectives and I remember as a, as a child, and I don't know how you call this, like these, these uh, images that are printed where you, you look from this side and you see a face yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, and that's sort of like the effect I wanted to create. Um, and, and yeah, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Right. And <laughs> it, 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 it just challenges the, the norm yes. of how yeah. we pre like of, yeah. of how we, we, Of, of our intake of, of, yes. of music. And we're and so pre-programmed to, to expect certain exactly. things that I, I just love the idea of challenging that, challenging yes. all those. And I, I can tell you that in the field of harmony, uh, if you want to revise your opinion, uh, mm -hmm. believe, believe me, there is still a lot that can be done That sure. sort of, that sort of nine, but that, that sort of goes into the direction that you're talking about uh, about rhythm, right? I think uh, we're kind of like facing the same sort of like the same part in musical evolution here, where there is there is there is something something else that can be done, and uh, yeah, but, but no, by I'm, the way, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm, I don't know enough about harmony to say what, what but I'm, I'm sure there is more to do, but. At least from my experience, from where I've grew up and all that, harmony has been a big focus for the past decade or two. Mm -hmm. It's been a very, very, and I know that no, in school, a bunch of the focus was about harmony. Uh, when when you talk about people and improvisation and blah 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 and all that, the main focus was harmony. And also, just you know, classical music has a lot of like a lot of the when you listen to how it advanced. Harmony is a big thing that developed during yeah. all those, and in jazz, obviously, in jazz, yeah. obviously. And even in, I don't know, film scores and yeah. stuff like that, a lot of the, the like, I, I feel like that's a very prominent tool that people use nowadays. And even though I know that there's probably, you can take it way further, obviously, I think now people are starting to also look at the rhythmic side of things and just like, ah, that's kind of cool as well. I, I remember it was like <laughs> in, in the 90s when I went to, see, went to see some sort of blockbuster and then like, oh, oh finally, now they have the, the march in 5-4 in, uh, in like, uh, know, yeah. like, like, <laughs> like suddenly they started doing stuff like that and it was, was kind of like interesting. Uh, it was still very cheesy the way it was done back then. But yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like the Hans Zimmer thing that he does now. Like that, there are like uh, uh, odd time signatures in in most of the soundtracks he does. Yeah, yeah, but that's, I think that's pretty new. It is pretty new. Yeah, like I I think I remember it maybe from the late '90s when it started. Well, probably not late. Yeah, late late '90s I would say. 
you know, and, and I remember, for example, speaking of polyrhythms, there's one uh, preset in an even tied, uh, uh, I can't even remember, it's called 3000. Three uh, it's, it's like this thing. And it has this preset, was, which is a two against three delay, which, mm-hmm. you, which you, you could hear in soundtracks, like all over the place, like you went through. Nice. And, and, and I, it was super annoying to me, annoying, annoying that, okay, they just took that preset and you plugged one note on the guitar and you boom, bam, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's really yeah. Um, so so with your um it, it's interesting because like in a way, uh what you're what you and I don't want to get <laughs> uh, but what you're saying, like your thoughts sound like the thoughts of a composer to me, I have to say. Like the way you're talking about rhythm and kind of like where, where you want it to be and where you want it to go, and you know, that could be could be a career in, in uh, composing rhythms, you know? <laughs> Maybe. I, I know that I, I try to do it with, uh, with just uh, like acts that I, that I play with. Mm-hmm. And luckily some of them just, they just go with what I, with, with, with ideas that I have, mm-hmm. which is, which is just great. To, it's just great to, 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 to see it. I have one, one group, uh, like a jazz trio, kind of like a jazz trio that I play in, um, that we have this section that is a solo piano that we just decided not to to both have a pulse but not have a time signature. Mm-hmm. So there's just a, there's just like a there's just a pulse running yeah. with one ostinato note on it, and then the piano player can kind of just take it wherever it wants. So we just mm-hmm. I suggested that just because I never did anything like that, so I wanted to try and see how it, how it is. Mm-hmm. And he loved the idea, and we do it. So I'm I'm trying to just like throw these things in certain places where I'm uh, like where I'm playing to see how they how they catch. Maybe something will come up with it. I don't know. Maybe that it's great that you mentioned this at this point uh, um, because when when you were an, uh, you are analyzing the Meshuggah stuff and you realize that in the end it comes down to 32 or 64 anyway. Like, <laughs> and it would be would be interesting to see if. If uh, if you guys break out of the idea of having a fixed cycle and you just play once, right? Uh, to really find out, okay, how long was the section that we did here in the middle, mm-hmm. like this free? Is it actually does it come out to something that can be divided by four or not? <laughs> uh, so the thing is, in, because that happens to me, like that even even when I'm playing in an odd time signature, like for me. Um, I mean, it's become easier to also like have the have a sense of like this is three uh, three times seven or like I do have a sense for that as well. But if I if I do it subconsciously, I always you know not always but slide into the two or four or eight, you know. That t- completely because I mean it's so. I grew up listening to you know Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Everything there is packed in bars of four, bars of eight, bars of 16. There's very little variations. And obviously everything I listen to in the radio, everything, mm-hmm. everything around you comes in chunks in four, everything all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you just, if I'm just now improvising, let's say in seven, whatever, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, and I listen back, you will hear that if ideas like, if an idea spans over more than one bar, it's going to probably go to the four bar thing and, and 
restart or finish or something. If I go past the fourth bar, it's going to probably go to eight bars, not before. Those chunks exist in, like, it's just, they exist in us. And I know that for me, at least, I try to actively break those. So I know that when I, when I take solos, for example, I try to just like land a very big downbeat on like, you know, bar seven or something, whatever, just to break my, myself from that cycle. I try to like, like, I try to see if I can do that. And I, I have some ways that I, I just try to convince myself out of those frames, but it's, it's, a it's, it, it's there. It's always there. So I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to break it, to break myself out of it. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good point. Um, for my band Stickman, I, I've written a few pieces that kind of like very deliberately do that. So where, the, where there's one that is uh, seven over three and one that's uh, like five over three. And, and the, the idea being that actually, as I, as I was saying at the beginning of our conversation, uh, when, when you have the opportunity to play something a lot in front of people, it suddenly becomes natural, right? And that was that's why it's a great opportunity. Okay, let's write something that uh, has an odd uh, thing that I don't know how to feel it, let's say. And then by playing it a lot, it becomes something natural. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that, that has been really, really nice, um, I have to say, to, to be able to do this thing. And that's why, um, you know, performing and writing and like all of these things for me, they kind of like go hand in hand um, to, to, to further educate myself as a musician. I, 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 I like the fact that, uh, that further in my head, Further educating myself means to forget a bunch of stuff that I subconsciously <laughs> like learned. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which is just like, you know, because I didn't learn that you have to do things in bars, like, you know, in four bar chunks. I didn't learn that in school. I just heard it in 300% of the music that I, that I was surrounded by. <laughs> so it's, I, I just had to like... It's just there. Like after four bars, I feel like this is the end. So I, I, I just really like the fact that I st starting to think about how to advance further means to start to realize what things I, uh, I are just there from the start that I need to start breaking down. I, I, I love the, the thinking in that, that way, at least. Yeah, it's it's this idea of kind of like re relearning something that has become habitual, mm -hmm. and 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 you you're absolutely right. Like I think the the strongest habits are those that are not even related to, uh, you know, to the to what we're doing. Like it's like you play the drums, but you pl you know playing the drums could mean that you can be totally free. But no, there's like this this cultural whip, let's say. That tells you, okay, no, no, the, the the backbeat is on two and four. It's not on one. I do, of course, it's not. But <laughs> for Germans, it's on one and three, actually. Oh, really? I really, no, no, it's a, it's it's a it's a joke. You know that? Oh my! <laughs> I'm not European enough to understand that. <laughs> but actually, I just this, just today, I talked to a friend of mine. I uh, when I was I was playing in Mexico. Mm -hmm. at some point and because they have a lot of like 
um, reggaeton and music like that, that you do clap on one and three. Yes. We were playing like this, this funk song where you, you can't clap on one and three. It's, it's unacceptable for you to clap on one and three. <laughs> and the audience was just all clapping on one and three, like all the time. And I had a drum solo and it was the hardest solo I've ever took in my, in my life because the, the music is so much a two and four kind of music and they were all clapping on one and three. At some point, I just throw a bar of seven, eight there just to flip everyone yeah, off. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. now everyone's at two and four and everything's like, oh, great. That's, everything's great. There, there, is a, there is a kind of like a famous video on YouTube where some uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Amer I saw that. American singer or pianist does it. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's so hard. It's just so hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, uh, Stefan, I uh, remember he sent me, I think, two videos uh, from the recording session you did for him. Mm -hmm. And so I saw you play. It was, I was, it was pretty, it was great, I have to say, pretty impressive. Like Thank I you. had this, uh, and I mean this in a, um, because it was kind of like, um, how should I say this? Like you, you seem to have some, some sort of uh, deep knowledge already of that cycle. And, and also of the, um, of the push and pull of the possibilities within that. So uh, was that something that you kind of like had to prepare or is this something that with all the, the experience you have um, that comes naturally to you or? So I think it's a combination of, um, first of all, I, I just love dealing with those kind of things and that, that weird pull of you have, I don't know, five against seven, three against 18, it doesn't matter. You have something, you get something. Mm -hmm. And the relationship is something that I really like to explore. How, I, how can I make this sound like the main pulse and this sound like, like, you know, like a visiting pulse or the opposite? What can I do that will make this sound like the main thing? So I've been just dealing around with that and thinking about it for a, for a long time. Mm -hmm. But it's also the fact that his music very much allows it. Because you just have the, you have the time. Because yeah. let's say there's one piece that is like a seven over three thing. Mm -hmm. It's I don't know, it's probably like nine or ten minutes long, mm -hmm. and that's and that's what's going on. It's the seven over three is what's going on, and that's it. So you yeah. actually have even just practicing those is just me playing seven over three for ten minutes, mm -hmm. and you 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 just the piece just gives you. It's just like, do, do whatever you want. Make this, like, make it feel however you want. You can, when I was practicing it, at least, I could just like start thinking, maybe let's see how much I can push this side. Let's see how much I can push that side. And it's not like a four bar section that comes and goes. Yeah. It's just a piece that goes on. And because it's so repetitive, you can like, the technicality of the power rhythm is not the issue anymore because it's so repetitive. It just becomes a groove that is, that's, it's just like, this is what it is. And the whole song is built on this and you just forget about it after a while because it's just, it's just there and that's the engine that's running the thing. So now you kind of, now your brain is not occupied with the rhythmic side of things. It's just listening to the atmosphere that you created kind of. So you can just tilt it this side You can tilt at this side and you can just see how far you can go in this side and how far you can go in that side. And it's just that interplay. It's just, it's, it's super cool. I, I really enjoyed what you did there. Um, 
so um, help me understand so say you play something that like from the outside i would say is a fill right you do something that breaks out of the groove but you kind of like arrive on say the one or on the two of the cycle or whatever um is that is that something that um you do and can improvise uh, I, I guess you do, but like the question is kind of like, what is the, what is kind of like the thought process behind it? Because you said at, at some point in the conversation that on one hand, you, you hate knowing where you are, right? <laughs> uh, when you listen to music, but when you're playing it and you do want to make sure that you're kind of like hitting the right spot, you kind of need to know where you are, right? Ah, no, of course, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when, when you're, recording over something that it, that exists yes. already yes i can't just be like totally irresponsible <laughs> and just like forget about everything and finish whatever i want to, you know, i can't do that um but i but i i just try because his pieces are and the sections are so long mm -hmm. he kind of did the work for me i you, i mean i just it's it's so long and so not boxed in in patterns of four that you just forget Yeah. you just forget where you are you just you just forget because you you it's not i like the fact that there's like one or two ideas in a song and you just go with those instead of having a song that has five thousand ideas and every second something else is happening it's just a bunch of information instead of just having like one thing this is the thing that's going on and we're going to just explore using this thing so it's um Yeah, obviously, when you're recording, you have to know. Yeah, you have to know where you are. You have to know what what, what are the limits. Um, mm -hmm. But he just made it easy. Just made it easy. I didn't have to. Uh, I didn't have to think of that aspect because that that aspect was built into the music. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So and uh, why wow, I really enjoyed that session. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. I've, you know, I've I've known Stefan for a long time and. Uh, um, we actually like just spoke yesterday to even start start another project together. <laughs> so ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Did you play with you? You played with him? I assume you did. Yeah, I also I also played with him. But you know, we come from the same guitar school. Let's say so. Like we've been sort of uh, following like the same path for a while, and. And, and Stefan kind of like rediscovered his composer side um, relatively late. Like, I don't remember, 10 years, 12 years ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and then from then, then on, we had, we had more contact again and we were doing more things together. But I remember even, even like in 96 or something, I was listening to his music. Like, yeah, wow. At some other bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no... Um, so you went to uh, Berkeley. Um, was that when you, I mean, what did you, <laughs> let me ask this. What did you learn at Berkeley? Um, Berkeley wasn't, um, it wasn't, I mean, I didn't really go there. Wow. This is going to sound terrible. No, I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really go there to study mm -hmm. as much as I just went there because I wanted to just meet people. Yeah. Kind of, mm -hmm. so I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty bad when it comes to academics. It's just not. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, I'm. I'm pretty bad at that. So I just picked 
the easiest major I could pick. Mm-hmm. And I just dedicated most of my time just meeting people and just doing as many things as I can. Hey, what is what is the easiest major at Berkeley? There's just like a major that you can... Um, it's it's called professional music there's it's not really even a, a topic you get you just okay. kind of like choose kind of mm-hmm. stuff and it's mm-hmm. it's it's not it's, it's there's nothing to it there's nothing there's way better things to do at Berkeley if you go if someone is listening to this mm-hmm. and it's and you're going to Berkeley there's way cooler things to do mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but I I'm just I mean luckily enough for me I got there when I was old enough to know I kind of know, I knew myself pretty well and I knew where, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. And I, 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 I feel like I, I went there with the intent of just meeting as many people as I can. And I met a bunch of people and I played in many, many, many projects. So I, I, I spent most of my time playing as opposed to, I don't know, doing homework or whatever, because I just, you know, I just, the things that I picked were just either kind of easy or just not that important, whatever. Um, so I, and I, I started Berkeley when I was, I was uh, 25, maybe. Yeah, when I was 25, which is on the late side, kind of, for students there. Um, but it was, I mean, it was great for me because I just really, really knew why I'm, why I'm going, what, I'm, what I want to get out of it. So it was, it was really, I loved being there. It was great. How, how long did you stay there? Was it three years or? I was, there for like, I was in school for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Two, and a half, two and a half years. And then I stayed an extra year just around Boston. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to Israel, then I moved back to New York, and now I'm back in Israel. It's a whole it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and you, your girlfriend is from Switzerland, and you're not, not considering to be in Switzerland together? Or? We, um, she's, she's in Boston, actually, at the moment. I, I she see. lives back in Boston. I'm going to go back there in uh, uh, early February. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, when I was, um, when I was in Switzerland recording with, with uh, Stefan, mm-hmm. She was supposed to come actually and join me, but she couldn't because of all you know, COVID restrictions and blah, 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 and all that, a bunch of stuff. Um, so I just went and met her parents and all that. I just went there by myself. But it was, uh, at some point, we're going to, at some point, the world is going to hopefully go back to normal and we can just travel and go places without thinking about it too much. So what happened after a year of doing the, the channel? Did you, you took a break, right? I took a break just because, I mean, I started the channel when I was in New York and then stuff happened there when uh, all the Black Lives Matter stuff and the pandemic and blah, blah, blah. And, and our apartment had a bunch of floods in it. We decided to just like to, uh, to call it. So I moved to, to Boston with my brother for like, um, like a month and then I went, went back to Israel and started uh, just continued doing the channel from, from Israel and then at some point where when things started to open up Israel got uh, people here got vaccinated very quickly um, so things started to open up and shows started coming back and all that 
Um, so once I started playing again and like actually having like a job again, uh, it was just kind of hard to, I, I didn't realize how much time I put into each video and I just couldn't, I just couldn't make it happen. I see. Mm -hmm. Um, I, while actually having you know, gigs and work and, and, and recordings and blah, 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 and all that. So at some point I was like, okay, I, I, need just, I just need to take a break just to, just to figure out how to do this because I was doing a video a week, which I, I, I could do when, um, when I had nothing else to do. I could have done that. But between just you know, writing like writing the script and recording everything and filming everything and editing everything. I, I'm, my skills are not good enough for me to, I can't do more than one a week, especially if I have actual work that I need to do. So I just had to, I just took a break for a few months just to, just to re reorganize or regroup and just think about, okay, like how, how am I going to do this? How, how can I make it? sustainable kind of yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah so i took a few months off and i just i just came back from those few months yeah i saw hey did you did you feel any let's let's talk about like the i'm just curious about this like the psychological effects of putting out videos on on you know because i yeah tell me what do you think <laughs> it's uh uh what what do you mean by it i'm, I'm curious yeah yeah just just like this uh, because somehow um one gets kind of like tied to the numbers somehow that's kind of like what i feel like because the the medium doesn't give you so much feedback about the qualitative experience that people have watching it so you know, it may be that you inspired hundreds of people already to become much better human beings, let's say, right? But you don't know because like, you know, like it, it's kind of like, I think that there is a lot of positives in it, but then when you realize, okay, like my first video had like 4,000 views, then the second one had 2,000 and the third has 500 and kind of like this, you kind of become a slave to that machine or what people call the algorithm, right? You know, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of like what I'm, why I'm asking, like how, how you've been coping with the up and downs of that algorithm and how to stay motivated. And also if you have sort of like found uh, a new strategy for the future, what your plans are and stuff like that. So uh, I, I totally understand what you're saying mm -hmm. and I, I hate that it's a factor, but, but it is. It's, it's, mm -hmm. This just is. And when you see a video of yours that is doing well, you feel better. When you see a video of yours that doesn't do as well, even though I put the same amount of energy into it, same amount of, of whatever yeah. it is, and it doesn't do well, you can't escape feeling bad about it, which you shouldn't. Yeah. But okay, you shouldn't. You just do. <laughs> because it's, it's just the way it is. But I... I realized that I, I, I just get a lot of very, very positive comments and a lot of feedback between people just emailing me or comments in the videos of people that just really, really appreciate the stuff that I do. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm slowly starting to be okay with the fact that if a video has 5,000 views, that's fine. If we have 100,000 views, that's fine. 
everything is everything is fine and for me personally i i really don't like i i hate the part of like the the part that has to do with with checking the you know checking the the the, the stats and checking the comments and when to upload and where and, and sharing and blah, 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 and social media i hate that aspect completely and once uh, the channel gets big enough i'm gonna just, i'm gonna find someone to do that for me because i i really really i would put 40 hours into a video of work into a video then i have a 20 minute slot where i have to just post it and i just suffer through those 20 minutes <laughs> like it's the hardest thing on the planet i hate doing that because also it, it's it's an art form to learn how to use that tool it's such a powerful tool it's just not i'm so I, I don't like dealing with it. I don't like doing all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I, in a way, I think I'm actually, this channel deserves better than what I do to it, kind of, because I just post it and forget about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to find the person that would um, be in charge of that, of that side of things. And I think that would make everything much better because I'll be way more focused on just the material and that person will just tell me, I think it's better if we upload it on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. And I think it's better if you do this kind of video and do this, this. And I'll just do whatever you want. Tell me whatever you want. I'll do it. And just you deal with everything. <laughs> I don't want to see the numbers. I don't. Obviously, the numbers are good indicators for what people want to see. So the first video that I did that, that, that really went well is a Meshuga video. And then like... Okay, so obviously there's a crowd for this kind of thing. I didn't, it's funny, I, I obviously, I love that band, obviously. I didn't want to focus on them so much for two reasons. One, they are very well known for that. So I'm, I won't be, I mean, I, I, people know about Mishuga, everyone knows about Mishuga. And people know that they're very polyrhythmic. It's not going to be, I mean, maybe I can explain some stuff to some people, but that's, that's it. I, I, I'm, I'm in the list of musical examples that I have, I have things that come from like way different, from different genres that I just want to introduce to people that I, obviously I'll do some Mishuga stuff, but I, that won't be my focus. That's one. And two, it's a very extreme genre. You know, the guy is just screaming at you all the time, which I love, but <laughs> not all people like it. You know, the sound, everything is very heavy, very aggressive. And I want the stigma of polarism being extreme. I want to remove that. So I, I didn't want to only do Meshuga all the time. But then, for, on the other hand, when I do Meshuga, there's a lot of people watching. My channel actually grows and gets to more people. So... And then at some point, someone suggested that I do, uh, for the whole month of May, I do a month that called, it's called May Sugar. And be <laughs> just because of that, because of that word, May Sugar, I was like, oh, fuck, it's such a good idea. Okay, I have to do it. I, like, I have to do it now because it's, it's a good name. I have, to, I have to use it. So I did a full month dedicated to, to May Sugar and, and people just watch it. People watch it a lot because it's a subject that people like to see. So I, I'm going to find the balance between um, using things that people want to see because I want to give people what they want to see, obviously, but I also want to introduce other things that they didn't, because I did a few videos about polarizers and hip hop, 
which is just like, it's just, I think it's way cooler because it's, you, you barely hear those. You barely hear hip hop songs that have those. And then when suddenly you hear something and it's done very well, it's like, holy shit, this is really, really cool. And then suddenly I have people that comment and say, I came here because of Mishuga and now I find myself listening to Eminem, listening to Snoop Dogg and listening to Clipping and stuff like that. And it's just like, like, thank you for introducing me, which is like, that's what I'm, that's the cool thing. I want to, because I like thinking of myself, I'm not really attached to any specific genre, but I really like rhythm. If there's a cool rhythm involved, I'm involved. I like it. So I want to, I want to make people understand that the, those cool elements, they come from, from, from a bunch of places, not only from like really extreme uh, stuff. So it's, it's a combination of, you look at the numbers and it's like, okay, I can't deny that this video got a lot of views. I can't deny it. This, this helps my channel grow, obviously. And as opposed to this video that got, I don't know, I have one video that I really like that got very, very, very little views. But, I, but still, a few people that were there were like, um, I, I introduced some, some, some new music to some, to some people and that's, 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 uh, like that, that's, that's, that's enough for me, kind of. I, I love that the, the people in the comments are just, uh, are, are incredible. The reactions are, are just amazing. Fantastic. So you've, you've, you've hit sort of like a, um, something that works. I mean, uh, you know, like earlier you said that it's a very niche thing, which is true. But then if you think about it, that a niche can actually produce something. I don't even know what the numbers are of your video, videos, but if you say like 100,000 views, for example, like it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty big niche if you think about it. Because like there are niches where we would think that people are actually bigger than they are. And it turns out like it's really, really small, really, really small. So and mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's the cool thing about, about YouTube as a medium that it's sort of uh, kind of unpredictable sometimes. Um, you know what I mean, right? Like I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and, but it's, it's, a, it's a very cool thing because it's, it's sort of like, it's, not a, it's certainly not a free playing field because you're sort of like, uh, you, you need to submit yourself to the, to the algorithm and you need to work it somehow. Um, but there's a lot that, can you, that you can discover. And I mean, like the, sure. the, the, the other question is like you said, like, how are you going to balance um, doing more videos with your work as a playing, as a working musician? I, so I decided to, uh, to take it down from four videos a month to two. Okay. Which I, I started doing it now and it's, it's, it feels like it's way, I assumed it would be like just, okay, it would feel like, half the stress because I'm doing half the amount, but it's, it feels way, way, way better. Less, because I, yeah, it's less. Yeah. 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 It feels, it feels really, really good. Cause I, mm -hmm. at the beginning of the month, I, I kind of have an idea of what, what two videos I want to do. And it just gives them like the time to just fit, sit there. And my ideas kind of just like formulate like slower. So they, everything's better. And, and, and I, I, I can actually maintain it. I can actually do, two of these videos uh, uh, every month. So it's, it's, 
for now, I think it's just a way, way better uh, uh, situation. But how, how did, um, like, how did those, all the numbers and stuff like that made, made you feel with your channel? You know, I, when I started out, I was not, I was not um, concerned with that at all. Because what I wanted to do was just uh, sort of like an arts channel. So because it's an arts, like doing these things is, is an arts project. I, it was ne never meant to do anything other than maybe give people a chance because I was uh, playing a lot, right? And so I had a mm. chance to meet people. So the idea was, okay, if people want to kind of like reconnect with me and, and like hear me talk or sort of like talk to me via two other people talking, uh, they can do that. So that was sort of like the idea to reconnect during the, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, uh, what is what has become sort of like um because like my mind works like that as well that i recognize patterns right like and if i see for example because i i don't see and this is something i want to tell you as well like even if you have a niche you can find like you say you find you have your service that you offer right and you can make sure that your 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 channel makes people buy your service somehow or pay you for your work in some mm -hmm. other way. So that's happened to me because I have some people who really love my, my channel or my, my, my pot, my, my conversations with people mm -hmm. have given me uh, donations, right? Like, mm -hmm. like quite substantial donations. Um, Did I got, I got the gig with, uh, with Stefan through my channel. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and I think and that's, 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 that's yeah. going to continue that, and that's going to continue. And like, like uh, a gig like that, um, like imagine, I'm just saying, uh, like say you get, I get a donation that's like 2,000 euro, right? Like if I think, okay, how many views do I need to have get 2,000 uh, euros? It's impossible. Like yeah. six, 16 million or whatever, I don't know, like something like that, right? So I'm, I'm okay if like my videos are only like 150 views sometimes or, but still like out of those 150 uh, people, I get like five to 10 people that always write me and tell me how great it was. And they respond and they say, okay, you know, there's, there's like real qu qualitative interaction in it. And that's kind of like what I like, but what I was going to say about the patterns, if I see patterns kind of like appear across pat platforms, then sometimes I can't help myself, but even like get to get depressed sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. I mean, it's, yeah. it's I, I I'm, I'm trying to avoid it, but I can't say that I do. When when I wake up a day after a video and it's not doing well, mm. it's disappointing. It's, it's, yes. you, yeah. you can't really avoid it. But I, you just, I, I try to just remind myself that it's that's it's not it's it's just not the it's not it's not as I, I can't let that number in the, on the screen like affect my yeah. mood so much i just yeah. can't have that yeah. because yeah. especially when i was uploading weekly mm -hmm. so i was uploading weekly on tuesdays which means like okay so my wednesday mood is all depends on this number on my laptop which is mm -hmm. just like but are you serious wait so you're gonna if that number is big you're gonna be happy if the number is smaller you're gonna be sad what that's that doesn't sound healthy at all <laughs> so i was just trying to see if um to, to train myself to understand that it's like, no, this is not the fact that you're doing it. And the fact that as long as your 
production value, the way I, I, I deliver the material, my editing skills, blah, blah, blah. As long as those are just getting better, that's it. That's what I need. I need to make sure that the video that I'm making now is better than the last one. That's it. If, my video that, if the video that I made now is not as good as the last one, that is a problem. If my video is better, I'm in the right direction. That's, that's it. If it does good, great. If it doesn't do good, great. doesn't matter. That's what I'm trying to, to, to think about. It doesn't work all the time, but, but, but I'm, I am getting way better at just letting go of, the, uh, of that. But it's hard. It's, it's, not, it's not easy at all. Yeah. And I have to say that I've been um, kind of like living my life um, like that ever since I became a musician or an, an artist doing my own stuff, right? Um, but I, to be quite honest, it's much harder if you have like, as you say, the numbers on the laptop. The numbers on the laptop are kind of like have these, this tendency to, uh, to see more real than they are. And, and, mm -hmm. and as you say, like the, the, what I tend to say is like numbers don't tell you anything about the quality. And that means like maybe you only reach, say, if we go extreme, say you only reach 10 people, but maybe one of those 10 people is, is moved in such a way that some sort of like positive energy in the form of like just appreciation or somebody spending money on the things you do or giving you a gig, a gig or whatever, like there are many possibilities, um, they will happen. And it's like the only uh, uh, awareness that I developed over the years is that this feedback cycle, like this feedback that comes back to you, right? Um, sometimes can take a long time. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like, for me, I would say there, there are sometimes decades where I know there's something I did 10 years ago like has led to the situation that right now, even though we're in the pandemic, I have, don't have to worry about money, for example, right? So this is, this is sort of amazing. And, and, and it requires to, 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 for, one, you know, for one to be open and to kind of like think long-term, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's... Yeah, I mean, no, go ahead. No, I think it's it's kind of like the same with something like like putting videos up on YouTube. It's not that you kind of like should be thinking, okay, uh, what happens today, right? No, it, it's about like what happens if I do this like you did for a whole year, right? And you did see quite a lot of uh, it came to fruition. You had you have followers, you have people who comment, like, and there's there's a lot that happened in that one year. And there's, there, it doesn't make sense to kind of like judge every little step of the way. It's, it's, you, you are a hundred percent correct. And my idea for the channel was looking at it very, very long-term because one of my goals was like, okay, I love this stuff. I, I understand this stuff and I want to play and be surrounded by this stuff. If I put myself out there as, someone who likes discussing these things, I will also attract this kind of, yeah. I will just like attract this kind of, this kind of stuff. And so in my head, it's like, okay, if I do this now for five years and I have whatever, 200 videos about this kind of things, mm -hmm. 
I'm going to be surrounded by more of these things, which this is what I want to do, which means maybe I'll be playing with more people that have to do with it. Maybe I'll get opportunities teaching, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And all of this is actually happening. I, I, I only, like, I found out about Nick through someone in the comments, people in the comments. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. like, I, nev- I didn't know him. I didn't know him at all. Amazing. His name, his name kept, kept uh, uh, popping up. And I put it on and it's like, holy shit, why do I not know this? <laughs> how, 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 I mean, so, and then I, I met him when I, was, uh, when I was playing. I went to his shows mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and Stefan came from that th- same thing. I did a bunch of some like master classes and stuff like that because of the channel. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's doing what it needs to do. Exactly. So... I know that some of my videos are going to do well, some of my videos are not going to do well. And on the other side, me as a consumer, I know that there are videos that have gazillions of views that I've watched. And yeah, I, I, I watched them and I, I, know I took that view count one number up and it had zero effect on me. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then I see a video that has 110 views mm-hmm. that change the way that I think about music or something like that. Yeah. That has zero or zero. It, has, it didn't get to like any people almost, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this is, mm-hmm. this really, this just changed everything. And mm-hmm. when I think of that, when I think of myself as a consumer, I also just like, okay, so just realize that what, that when you're on the other side, it's the same thing. Exactly what you said. The, if I have a million views on a video, if I have uh, 30 views on a video, that doesn't mean the quality of, of it doesn't say anything about the quality of the video. Yeah. And that's, that's a, it's a hard thing to learn and I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> so, so your plan is to put out two, two videos per month and uh, in terms of like the, the content, are you going to stay stay true to what you've done so far? Or do you have some new concepts you want to introduce? I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to stay surrounding rhythm mm-hmm. in some aspect yeah, because yeah, for sure that's, yeah, that's, that's, that, mm-hmm. I, that's what I can bring, I think to the mm-hmm. table. I do have, uh, I initially, I, I, it started as a, uh, I started, my first idea was just uh, like talking about specifically just, just drums. That was my initial idea. And then that kind of just went away pretty quickly. And I started just doing this like polyrhythmic thing. Then I started slowly. I have one video about some Moroccan grooves that I really, really like that it doesn't have to do so much with polyrhythms, but it's just another rhythmic thing that I wanted to explore. And I, I, I'm slowly starting to just think about other rhythmic um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably stick to the rhythmic side of stuff. That's what I like doing. But um, I'm trying to say, I have a few ideas of things that are, that are not exactly uh, in line with what I've been doing till now, but are obviously they have to do with, 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 with rhythms and with just how they incorporate themselves in music and life, whatever. Um, but I, I'm thinking of, of, yeah, of some other stuff. I have some ideas that 
I'm not going to say because I'm not sure I can pull it off yet, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, but I have some, some, some things that, that, that are uh, just interesting to think about. I'm, I'm going to probably do them in the next uh, few months. And I'm going to also start thinking about ways to, like, you know, to please the, the algorithm. I want to please the algorithm. It's not a, I'm not trying to avoid it. Obviously, yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to do it in a way that I also keep true to what I'm, I'm what I want to do. Um, but I'm trying to think of ways of how to just like incorporate that as well. Just because I want to like you know I want to attract more people because I just want to sh- I just want to share this with more people. But um, but yeah, there's there's some there's some new ideas that I'm toying around with that uh. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and do them pretty soon. <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, just, just because like we're almost uh, like we have 90 minutes already, but I have like two, two questions that um, go beyond the, uh, the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just curious, like um, how, how is your technique as a drummer? Not that great. No, not that great. It's um It's good because because I have a metal background. Mm-hmm. I um, my stamina is very good, so I can play relatively hard stuff for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's like you know, like a party show, I can keep up like the intensity for a long time. So that's that's great, but. Um, But my, like, I haven't spent, and, and I should, I should, I definitely should do this more, but I haven't spent enough time um, on, the, on, on, a, on a technical, on the technical side. There's a, there's, there are things that I can't do that are very embarrassing. <laughs> there, are, there are very easy things that I just can't do, but I am very good at disguising those. That's the thing. Yes. The thing is, when, when if, if you see me play, you would think that my technique is way better than it is. Okay. Because I'm, I am very good at hiding the fact that it's not that amazing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, especially compared to, because you play with, uh, with Sean a lot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. His technical abilities are not from... He's from a different planet. I don't know what he eats or drinks, but uh, like I'm not even close to being uh, mm-hmm. as proficient as he is. Mm-hmm. But I, I, over the years, I just uh, I found really really cool ways to 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 mask that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Until <laughs> till I get better, yeah. Till I get better, then when I'm better, I'll go stop. <laughs> I, I I really uh, like what you're saying because I think that it's that's another sign of somebody. Um, you know, having an artistic approach to music and like the limitations are sort of like part of who you are and they make you who you are and they make you mm-hmm. sound. Um, so, and, and sometimes like there, there can be the risk that if you, if you really are totally blank, let's say like a completely white page, like technically you can do anything, uh, then sometimes the motivation and the inspiration goes, you know, so, so that's why. But the second part of the question is, how do you think does the um, understanding and processing of polyrhythms right, relate 
to technique, do you see that there's any, any sort of like, um, like, like how would you describe the technique of playing the polyrhythms that you do compared to the tech, to the physical technique? Is there any, have you ever thought about that? Is there any relationship? Does the one inform the other or is there no relationship at all? So in, in the way I see it, everything that I, um, with the channel and in my classes and all that, everything and everything has to do with polarithms is all about training your ears. Nothing about it is training your, your yeah. hands or your feet. Yes. So I always try to tell, tell uh, my students at least that the fact that I can play whatever I can play has nothing to do with me being technically better than you or something like that. Because for a few reasons, A, my technique isn't that great. B, it's not, that's not, the, it's not what we're working on here. I have enough technique to execute um, whatever I want to execute, but my ear is very, very advanced. My, 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 my hearing and my rhythmic um, understanding is very, very, very advanced. So I, I just know, I feel like I know what to do um, like with my, with my technical level, I know how to use it to its max potential, I guess. And I, th I actually think in a way that if I was, um, in a lot of ways, it's like, instead of going the, I used to really, really hate the fact that I'm technically, like I can't play really, really fast stuff. I can't play ridiculous, um, like independence things. I can't, I just can't play though. I, I, I'm not as good at those at all, at all. but in a way I, and, and I used to hate it. I used to hate that fact that I, I can't just, you know, sit because I, I can't sit in practice for six hours. I can't do that. And I, ne I never could, I never had that kind of, 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 of skill. The most I've ever practiced in one day was maybe four hours. That's the most I've ever practiced. But I listen and think about stuff all the time. So I, I slowly find, found out that that's, that's, um, that's where I'm stronger. I'm stronger that way. I understand things and I, I process things in a way that, that that understanding takes the skill set that I have, whatever it is, and can apply it in, in, in a better, just like in a, in a better, better way, kind of. So a lot of the things that I do, they sound way fancier than they are. And, and, and yeah. luckily I, 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 I learned how to do that well. Yeah. So it, but I mean, so it, the thing is, if you hear me practice right now, mm -hmm. you would think that I've been playing for like a year and a half. And, you know, I'm just like, I'm, because that, the things that I practice are very, very easy stuff that I just still very basic independent stuff, very basic, um, like, you know, field structures, things that are very, very basic. But I've been playing where, way more than I've been practicing. So I have, a, I have a lot of that going for me, at least. And because... I understand because I like dealing with all these polarisms. I, I just have that kind of a, that understanding is very, very, I have that as a very, very deep part of my playing. So 
I feel like that is what drives my playing other than the technical side of, of stuff. So the way I hear stuff, it's like I hear something and it's like, okay, it's time to execute that. So I just, I'll just use whatever technique that I have, which is whatever it is, and I'll just execute that, which is usually doesn't require that high level of, of skill like on, 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 the, on the drums because a lot of the stuff that I do don't really have to do with a very, very high levels. Like, I'm not going to say that the things that I play are easy, but they're not... They're, they're way harder here than they are here. If that makes sense. Yeah, it, I mean, to me, it makes total sense. I mean, they, I like one of the bigger insights I had in the last 10 years was that if you're actually playing music in front of an audience, it is really very, very, it is much more important what you play than how you play. This is, this is really... Mm -hmm. Right, you know what I mean, and like the how, like what you play has to do with what you hear, what you're capable of hearing, and what you're capable of executing uh, on the level of the of the musicality that is here, not necessarily in your limbs. Mm -hmm. Then, if you have, as you say, you have enough skills to just put that on the drum kit, perfect. That's perfect, and like with, that's, with that's all exactly. And with, with all, like, like um, you know, I've had the privilege to play King Crimson music for many years. And those compositions are so fucking amazing, right? You play those pieces and they work. It's not, it's not important. It's not that important if you have the greatest technique, but you just need to play this. You need to hear the music. You need to be inside the music and kind of like live the music and be the music. And you mm -hmm. can be the music even if you're not capable of executing the septuplet on top of the triplet. Like it's just this, it's not that important, right? Mm -hmm. So so um, and and I mean this was a bad example because what I, what I'm I'm talking more about technical abilities really, um, and and a lot of musicians that are very very well known and uh, and make people feel deep emotions. Let's say they're not necessarily the greatest technical technical players and they don't need to be because music very rarely requires that mm -hmm. I, I i agree i agree and even though i often play in situations that are that may usually call for a very very high facility of technical skills i it's just i i just can't i, I usually just can't really I, I can't really pull it off the, in the traditional way of it, so I really tr I try to. In the past, I thought I was cheating. I just thought it was like, okay, I cheating. I'm doing this because I can't do this. Mm -hmm. But in the in like in the past few years, I just realized it's like, no, no, this is like it's, this. First of all, it's fine. I'm not cheating anything. That's fine. <laughs> that's the first thing. The second thing is it, that that's okay because this is just the kind of musician that I am. I'm my my understanding and my the way I think of the way I approach a piece is more important for me than, than my skill level, let's say. I can't play the fastest. I can't play the hardest things. I can't play the, the most difficult time signatures, whatever. I, I can't do those. And I used to think that that's what I want to do. And now I realize that's not really what I want to do. And if I can, great. But... 
there's a, there's a different way for me to execute what I want to say, kind of what I want to bring to the to music, kind of. I have a like that. I have my my way of doing it, which doesn't lean heavily on technical skills, and it just there's something else that I found that I that I'm more comfortable um, working through, kind of. I don't know if that makes yeah. any any kind of sense, but it's just it's just. So let's say I have I have, I recorded this album a few a few months ago of a, of a guitar player a friend of mine. Incredible album. The album is really 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 good. And one of the pieces is a very very hard song which is all in quintuplets. And I'm not as comfortable with quintuplets. I'm just it's, I haven't played that for. No, I'm way more comfortable in, in triplets and sixteenths now, obviously. And, but I had to, and you know, it's not a slow song, it's really fast and it's really blah, blah, blah. And I had to figure out a way to, I had to figure out a way to survive the song. I had to figure out a way to like, like not hack it, but I have to, I can't afford sounding like I don't know what's going on. I need to sound like everything is there. So even in the process of writing my drum part, like I know, I, I know I'm not, proficient enough in quintuplets yet to just be comfortable with them. But I also know that I can listen to the music. I, I understand what this section needs, dynamic-wise, texture-wise, just like drive-wise, because I'm the drummer. I'm, part of my job is to drive the song in a certain way. So I understand this section needs to feel like this. This section needs to feel like this. Okay, it happens to be in quintuplets. I'll just find a way that I can play it with my current level of musicianship. Because, like, okay, if I recorded the song in 12 years, I have 12 years to work on quintuplets. Great. That's never the case. It's like, okay, we're, this is the song. We're recording it next month. I can't, there's a limit to how much I can improve in playing quintuplets in one month. Especially when you, know, after you have work and other gigs and blah, 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 blah. blah. And but it's not really that important. I just need to understand for this song what this section needs, what this section needs, and I need to find a way that serves, that I can do in this, like with my skill set today that I can work with that would sound great. I'm not going to write something that is too hard for me because then I'll just get to the studio and I'm going to probably just fuck it up in some way. I need to write something that I can actually execute and that serves this, uh, like it just serves this section. So if this section just has to have very quick double pedal stuff that I can't do, I just can't do it. I'll find a way to do it with, I don't know, combining it with floor tom or something, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I'll just find a way to do it that A, my skill set will, I can actually pull it off. B, maintains the, the, the feeling that, that it projects. So if it has to feel very intense, it's going to feel intense. I'll just get there through an, a, in a different route, but it's going it's, it's to feel the way it's supposed to feel. If it has to be very, very chill and very, very calm, it's going to be that. If it has to be very aggressive, it's going to be that, but it might not be through the traditional way that it has been always done yeah. because maybe I just can't play like that. And that's, 
that's fine. I don't really care if I can't play like that. I can do other things and I can get the same emotional impact through other ways. And also what it leads to is I come to the studio and I give two and three takes and I'm done. And it's not because I'm amazing at playing drums. It's not because of that. It's just because I write stuff that I can execute. And I, I, I'm really happy that I got to a point where I just understand that I can substitute some things while maintaining how the, the section feels and just make it available. So I just go through that song once, twi twice, three times, and it's kind of like, yeah, I'm done. Oh, wow, you're amazing. It's, like, I'm not, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm not an incredible drummer. I just know my, I just know where I am very much. I know where my skills are. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm bad at. And I'm just not going to put in what I'm bad at. I'm just going to keep working on it yeah. till I'm good at it. And when I'm good at it, I'll do it. If I'll record this song in 10 years, I'll probably write different parts because I'll be better. That's the... It's, it's great. It's great what you're saying. And you know, like we, you, we shouldn't underestimate the power that working like that also has over you actually improving. Like, mm -hmm. like, like if you, if you learn to do the, if you do the things that you're capable of doing today, it's somehow, even though it, like, if we just look at the language, it may sound like we get, we can get stuck. No, but it's not true. The fact is that you, that you apply what you're capable of doing, that you apply it and you applied it in a recording situation even, means that you have learned a lot. Even though you have written a part that is possible for you. It's not always about big challenges. It's just about applying what we already know. And that propels us forward as much as anything else, really. And especially if you're a working musician, Like I, you know, it's funny like when people ask me, oh, when you uh, go on tour, how much rehearsal do you have? And I say like, uh, yeah, 90 minutes, like we set up, <laughs> you know, and we just play through the material once and, and that's it. And then like we, 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 you know, the shows are the rehearsal, right? So, <laughs> and, and people kind of like, you know, have this, this wrong uh, idea about what it means to be a professional musician in the, in the sense that, It's not necessarily all about like always rehearsing or having to prepare because at a certain, as you say, you have a, you have a level where you can execute your ideas, and it's not that you're you're always want to execute ideas that are act that are impractical. Let's just call it impractical, right? And you know, like the the last question, and you already you already talked about it, but. So we had uh, like polyrhythms as sort of like a stiff, some sort of listening, as you say, uh, part of your listening. We were talking about technique. And then you also mentioned it in independence, like of mm -hmm. the limbs, right? So how does, how does independence kind of fit into this, into this, what we've already talked about? Like, because for me, like talking for myself, uh, independence is sort of like... Um, the ability to execute polyrhythms in a flow in a flowing state like where like for me with two hands playing on my instrument for example like where mm -hmm. one hand one hand improvises some sort of rhythm i don't even know what it's going to be and my right hand does the same 
And these rhythms, they don't necessarily have to repeat. They are, in, they are independent within the line and they are independent of each other. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like how I like what independence is for me. Maybe completely different for a drummer, but um, no. Same. But how how did you how did you practice that independence? Yeah, I mean, like very uh, very uh, like I I take a fixed bass line. Let's say I take a, a melodic motif and then I move it across the bar line and learn mm-hmm. all the all the variations, like moving it a sixteenth forward and like. You know, starting or starting with eighth notes. So, so, you know, take so a two, I, I, two, like a two, two phrase, two, like a bossa nova bass line, for example. Um, and then uh, you can you can start just with like three notes. Da da da. Da da da. Da da da. Just moving it, you know, stuff like that. That's how I did it. And, and, and when, when you do that just a little bit it, and you, then you, you actually um, start really like then you at some point you just trust the pros and you say, okay, now I can just start improvising with one hand over the ostinato of the left hand, say, right? And then, okay, now I have some sort of freedom here. Okay, now let's try to do the other way around. So right hand becomes the ostinato, left hand does the soloing. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how I did it. And then whenever, whenever, ever, ever, I felt like some sort of, uh, like my, my friend Asaf Sirkis, who's a drummer, Israeli drummer that I play with, uh, he calls these things, uh, 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 I can't even, like, like tensions. Like whenever you run into something that you can't do, then you sort of, you work, you find, you find an exercise, you work on it, and then you test it again. Can you kind of do it? Can you do it in an, improvi- in an improvised context? And that's how I, I've always been pushing myself to uh, gaining more freedom and more independence mm-hmm. of, of movement as well as musical imagination, because that's also two different levels, right? That you can be free in, in, in the movement department, but you're not free in the imagination department, right? That's also what happens to some people. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, the, w- the way you describe it, and I, I asked this because... I think the way you work on something um, just kind of like reflects on how you view it. So I think the way you did uh, that is quote unquote, the correct way. So like, if I want to, if I want to play independence, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Like you said, I'll, I'll play some ostinato, let's say with, let's say three limbs, I don't know, let's say, let's talk about this, a bossa nova pattern. My kick drum does, and I just do some, some cascara pattern on my right hand. And I, I don't know, maybe I'll read something with my left hand and then I'll switch. And then oh, there, there are very, very practical ways to practice it. Um, but because I realized during the years that I just don't have the idea, I'm really bad at practicing for the sake of practicing. Just like, to like, you know, to go to your practice space and practice rudiments. It's just something that I'm really, really bad at. I get, I, I, I can't seem to focus and not just and do it. And, I'm, and this is, that's actually what I'm practicing right now. I'm, I'm, maybe it will sound ridiculous, but I started by just saying that I have to practice, like deliberately practice for 15 minutes a day. And that's it. Because that is everything I was capable of. On the flip side, if you give me a, if I have a goal, like if I have an album to record, I can play for hours. 
if I'm working on music, actually. And I know that that comes with a cost because my skills, my technical skills are just not as good as they could be. But I realized that a lot of independence for me as a drummer, because for you it's kind of different because you play, your independence can manifest itself in a way that you accompany yourself and you play a solo at the same time. For example. Kind of. So let's say you have like, you know, you're playing a bass line and you're playing a melody. Yeah. When, when for me at least, the way that the independent, the independence that I tend to play with all have to do with some things that have to do with time. So a lot of my independence are, are like I'm able to play them not because my skill is really good, it's just because my ears can perceive it in a way that is good enough. So I can, I can play, let's say we're just talking about a five or a four, for example. I can play things that are, um, that would sound like they're very, very advanced, even though technically they might be very, very simple, but just because I understand that, let's say five over four, I understand it really well. I know where I am against myself, kind of. And I know where I am against the pulse. I know where I, like, so my version of independence leans on, again, leans on my ears because I just feel that my ears are just way better than my, than my skill set on the drums, kind of. There are... A lot of things I just can't play. But when it comes to the, the like independence in, in, in this kind of, in this world, the rhythmic world, my, my ears are good, are, are good enough. So I, so I, so I can, so I'm, I'm, my playing leans a lot on my ears, which is good or bad. I don't really care. This is what it is. This is what it is. But I, I feel like I practice my ears way more than I practice my hands, which I'm trying to flip because I want to get better at some point. <laughs> I'm not going to explain something. But, uh, but, but I feel like that's where, that's more of my strong side than, like the, even, uh, you, know, you know Sean well, the stuff that he plays, the independence level that he has, he, like, I, I understand everything he does. Great. If I can play it, it will take me years to play stuff, some of those the things that he plays. You know, when he plays with his one half of his body, he plays this, and the other half he plays that. It's just like, uh, no, like, no. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm not even going to try. It's way, way above my skill level. But I, I just do different things. Yeah, but, you know, the interesting thing is that when, when Sean talks about these things, he really has doesn't have that idea of of hearing like like i do things in parallel like like he hears things as units as a big rhythm sort of which which i found very very interesting because for mm -hmm. me it's so obvious to hear things as i don't know why maybe because i listen to classical music as a child and i hear the voices like polyphony right like the idea of polyphony so in polyphony, I would never, I would never think of like the uh, first forty-eight bars of a fugue as one unit. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. But 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 in a way, in a way, um, 
it was interesting working with Sean because like he had this 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 completely different uh, view of that, right? But for, for me, it's more about polyphony and 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 that's the way. Like when you know, for example, like this this idea of uh, independence. Um, what I sometimes do is, for example, I sort of internally I clap a seven, right? Like I can do that without doing. I I have, I have like. Whatever you know, and then I sing a chill, like a simple melody, like a tune my daughter would sing. I mm-hmm. would try to sing that over the, over the seven, like it's just a melody that has eight eight bars of four four or something, right? And I would sing it, it just in just in my imagination, right? And and I've I found that that kind of work is what opens my my my. Um, my sensory field, and I'm, 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 and like, like obviously, it's probably mostly the ear, right? But, but it feels like it's a superpower where suddenly, when I'm improvising with other people, I sort of, it's, I seem to be hearing everything at the same time, but everything is separate, and I can respond, I can go in and I can go out. I don't even need to care about playing in time even. I, didn't, I don't need to uh, worry about playing the right or the wrong notes. Like, like at some point when you, when you can imagine this wide field of possibilities, anything goes and anything sounds, sounds right, you know? And, and that, mm-hmm. was, that, has, that has always been my aim. Right? Because you're like, your intent is, is there and you have a different way to just just to to construct the whole kind of so yeah. the, what what drives your your playing for example is just a different you just view it uh, differently it's very very uh, uh, for me it was very very uh, uh, present when I talked to Nick when, when, he sa- when he says that he's, they start a show and they have the end of the show in mind. They know where they go. Mm-hmm. They're not, they know that the, their goal is, let's say the show is two hours. And they, have, they know where they need to be in two hours and that's what, a, that what aims their, like, mm-hmm. their view. And, and, <laughs> and then you see, like, you know, let's say I saw him play a, a like a solo show, and I, I played in some festival in Romania, and I saw him play, and he takes a solo, mm-hmm. and for the first I don't know minute or two of the solo, he played two notes. Mm-hmm. Now, if a different person would play two notes, it would probably be very boring. <laughs> but he didn't play anything fancy rhythmically or or something, but he just played two notes for a very long time, and I was like this, I was just. I was fixed. I was in because he knows how to use that space in a different way. And just like he, like in a way, like bigger, he sees bigger structures. He has a yeah. very wide and that, that, I mean, and again, it's, it's not technically hard to do what he did. I can transcribe it and do it, but that's the way he thinks. So it's just, it's, I assume it's just, it's just different. I, I met Nick when they did a ritual, like one of these, it, I think it was a 16-hour performance. Um, that's, that's insane. In, in, it was in 2005. So that's from how long I've known him. And, and it was exactly this, this what you described. Like, uh, uh, 
I mean, especially like you say, as you were saying about Stefan's music, where you you have time, right? Like that, mm -hmm. so there is there so there is there is the uh, a certain restraint is kind of lifted, and if you lift that restraint, a lot of things can happen that otherwise obviously wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. And 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 then if you kind of like let yourself, or if you create that kind of situation for yourself, for example, like what Nick did with his like he started having the Monday series playing Monday nights. Yeah. Uh, and that was at, at Bacillus Club, which was before he got the Exil Club. It was a different oh, okay. club. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it's, it's that kind of commitment. It's that kind of like, um, commitment is maybe the best word, really, uh, where then these, these beautiful, amazing things happen that sort of, in the case, Nick is the best example, because like you could say, he's not, technically a great but he's amazing technically like because how and th this is sort of like one of the problems i have like with uh sometimes with with uh, modern musicians let's say they don't that some people don't understand how hard it can be to do simple things and to do them right and to do them repeatedly and to also kind of like take into account the like let's say the the grander social aspects like where where even like playing the same thing over and over again for 16 hours let's say is sort of like almost a political not political in a you know but but it's sort of like a, a statement that goes it's an artistic statement that goes way beyond what what like learning uh Uh, autumn leaves is right or soling over over giant uh, giant steps or something like like soling over giant steps is nothing compared to playing the same pattern for 16 hours mm -hmm. I, i mean that's that's my perspective right yeah no i agree and it's also i think um playing on 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 giant steps mm -hmm. is is hard in a very clear way mm -hmm. it's very clear why it's hard Because you look at giant steps, there's a bunch of chords that have nothing to do with one another. You can't play the same note twice for one second. Mm -hmm. That challenge is very easy to see. Mm -hmm. yeah. like it's very clear. It's like, okay, it's, it's, like, it's like playing fast. Playing fast is the challenge is very easy to see. Now I can play this fast and it's, I just need to play double that speed. The challenge is very clear. Mm -hmm. uh, the challenge of playing 16 hours straight is so much from, it's just a different sphere of challenge. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not, you can't even put it into words. You can't really practice it easily. You can't really understand what it is until you do. It's, it's just a very, it's, it takes a lot of, of, of effort to just realize that it's, it's even hard to do. There's yeah. a really, really, um, There's a really, really uh, interesting drum challenge that some, you know, Jojo Mayer? Yeah, sure. So he talked about it in, in some clinic um, that I saw. I think it was him. I, th I think it was him, maybe not. But uh, very, very hard. And he's, you know, he is way up there. He's the, one of the best drummers that I know. Um, and he, he said, he talked about this, this rhythmic challenge of playing uh, Billie Jean, Michael Jackson song playing it 10 times in a row, which is like 30 minutes of, of playing, without any variations. Just playing for, th for 30 minutes straight without anything, you know, no added ghost notes, without opening the hi-hat, without being a no added nothing. Mm -hmm. 
I tried it a couple of times and I haven't succeeded yet. <laughs> I still haven't been able to play it 10 times in a row without, because first time I'm nailing it. Second time I nail it. Third time my head starts going to other places. By the fourth time, I just realized it's like, oh, I've been playing for like two minutes now. And I didn't even realize because my brain is just a total different amount of discipline that you need to have for those kind of challenges. It's just, it's just a different state of, of thinking about what is, what is hard and what is impossible. It's, exactly. it's, it's different. Exactly. Incredible. I had this experience at a, a course with Robert Fripp where we were playing a C major scale. Um, it was like five days, uh, almost nonstop, um, where the idea was because it's like, uh, like maybe it was 18 people or so in a circle. And the idea is that one, one guy starts play the lowest C, the next guy plays the next D, E, F. And, and so whenever somebody makes a mistake, the person who made a mistake starts again with the low C, right? So, so you can imagine, like if you have a mixed group where like you have some people yeah. that are great, they already know where the C major scale is on the, on the fretboard and others don't know anything. They don't even know the names of the notes and they have to figure it out. And, and, and it was, it took us, uh, and we did it for five days from, well, I think maybe it was longer and we never got through once. The idea was to go up all the way and back down mm -hmm. on the, on the, on the fretboard. And we, we didn't manage to do it with that group. And what you just, what you described, it was exactly that what was happening. So you went through all the phases of the psychological aspect of, of solving that problem, let's say. And as soon as you started to get mad at the person who made the mistake, you were not paying attention and you didn't know where you were and you played the wrong note. And yeah. You see? And so, so there was, there were like these amazing developments in the, in that, uh, like long, long, like maybe in the, on the third day, somebody who was never making a mistake started making a lot of mistakes and stuff like that. You know, it, it was, it was amazing. It's, it's quite similar to this, uh, belief it's exactly the idea. same. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Because it's, because it's, it's easy. You, you just have to play one note every few seconds. Yeah. yeah. That's easy on the surface, but then it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's where the psychological, like the psychological side just gets, yeah. gets in the way. Yeah. It's super interesting. It's it's a pleasure to uh, to meet you and to get to know you and um, yeah you too you too I, I I hope we we uh, get a chance to meet in real life hopefully once yeah once everything everything goes back to normal yeah, let's, yeah. let's just let's just keep hoping <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah thank, thank you thank you for having me thank you for having me no uh, thanks for the conversation okay. and I um um yeah and, and that's that's it <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> sure. You. So, <laughs> see ya. Bye bye, Yogit.